This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of the San Francisco Chronicle, and you're listening to Fifth Emission. Are you confused yet about what's allowed to resume starting today and where? I wouldn't blame you if you are. On one side of the spectrum, we have Modoc County in the northeast corner of California. Officials there have entirely dropped their shelter-in-place order. On the other hand, the state is closing all of its beaches to prevent a repeat of scenes from late April when sunbathers crowded onto shores near Santa Cruz and Southern California. Dominic Fercasa joined me to talk about this new patchwork of rules. We recorded this podcast last Thursday. Dom, I am so confused about what is happening. I read news all the time and I'm having a hard time deciding what I can do and what I can't do. Can you just give us an overview of, of what's happening right now in California? Yeah, it is really confusing, and I don't blame anybody for not fully being able to wrap their heads around it. And to make matters even you know worse, if you will, things change seemingly hour to hour, so it is really hard to keep track. I mean, I think if you zoom out all the way from what's happening and how um, the local, state, and federal governments are surveying the landscape, uh, at least in California, around how uh, uh, COVID-19, how the spread of it has developed, how people have or haven't been flattening the curve as it were, we are starting to see officials at all levels of government start to really have the hard conversations about how and when we can start to make the march back to normalcy. So I think that's really sort of imbued in uh, what we saw yesterday, where six Bay Area counties in the city of Berkeley, you know, communities that represent a total of about 7 million people in the Bay Area, they, you know, looked at how successful the region has been in flattening the curve, the you know, respectively low number of uh, COVID-19 hospitalizations. And they said, okay, we can relax the restrictions a little bit. Now, the new health orders um, are largely the same as the ones that have been in place since mid-March, requiring folks to stay at home, go out only for the most essential errands like getting groceries or getting medicine, and, and even taking a little bit of exercise and fresh air, of course, provided you can stay away from other people while you do so. The most important things, at least locally, at least here in the Bay Area that we saw, were, were a return of, the, uh, of, of all construction, construction at all levels. If you can practice effective social distancing, take you know, a certain number of health precautions uh, on the job site, as it were, construction can resume. Uh, a couple of other things that I think are, are significant for people are a relaxation of certain um, recreational activities, golf courses. People absolutely, I, I could almost hear a, uh, um, you know, the, the golf clap from all of the golf enthusiasts out there rejoicing as, you know, golf is now, is now back in the Bay Area. Again, that's a sport, if you will, that you sort of don't need to be close to people to participate in. Now, one interesting thing, I got a lot of emails about this yesterday after the story landed. What about tennis, for example? 
Uh, so we asked that question directly to um, the city's San Francisco's deputy health director. Tennis is still off limits. So I'm sorry to burst anybody's bubble, but you have to share the ball in tennis. And that is uh, and that is what's off limits. Again, I think that speaks to kind of the patchwork that we're dealing with here. Um, so some recreational activities that you can practice on your own and stay away from other people, that is, uh, that is now um, on the table again starting Monday when these health orders go into effect. Um, and also, interestingly, some outdoor businesses are going to be able to resume uh, on somewhat normal operations. We're talking things like plant nurseries, um, flea markets, which I think was sort of a puzzling uh, uh, um, addition for people when they looked at yesterday's news. But basically, if you were able to do your job outside, deal with customers outside, you're going to be able to, to return to work starting Monday. So I want to go through all of those areas in detail, but just in general, it seems like when you have counties, um, rural, more rural counties, say, you know, basically like I'm, we've had enough of this. We're opening back up. And then you have um, the urban areas like San Francisco, Alameda County saying, no, no, we're not opening a lot of this stuff and it's going to be extended another month. Do you think that we can anticipate that those of us in more urban areas are going to be living with severe restrictions on activity a lot longer than the rest of the state? Is this patchwork going to continue in that way? I I think it is. Um, I think in large part because if we think about the more, if we think about density for one thing, I mean, we just have in urban centers, we, you know, by definition have more people living closer to each other and living on top of each other, which is a higher risk factor for spreading the coronavirus, right? So I think that that contributes in large part to why these counties have been working pretty much in lockstep. You know, it's not always harmonious in these meetings, as we know. But, you know, these these counties uh, across the Bay Area are all working together for that very reason, I think, because they do represent, you know, denser populations. Uh, they they feel and, and I think have recognized the need to be unified on that front as much as they can. Now, of course, they have no sway. They can't, you know, force Modoc County and places in more rural regions to kind of get on board with them. But I, I think that the sort of unified front that's been presented, you know, ever since the shelter-in-place orders started, and again in mid-March, I do think that is why um, those of us living in denser places and and more populated places will continue to have more restrictions in place. There's just more people to possibly bump into out there, and I think that that is a, a, a large contributing factor to why to why things are the way they are in, in denser places. What what does that mean for the areas that start to reopen and see an influx of visitors from urban areas? I mean, I, I I get a lot of emails from people who say, you know, keep those San Franciscans in San Francisco. We don't want them here. And on the other hand, I have friends in San Francisco who say we're going absolutely crazy. We have to get out. Um, we have we have we want to go somewhere else. We have to do it for our own mental sanity, for our kids mental sanity. So it, how are how are the counties and how are the officials going to be balancing that? that very awkward dance. I don't think that there's a lot that they can do on the individual level. They can't they can't prevent me, for example, from getting in my car, traveling to a place where restrictions are lighter and, you know, me cavorting about the countryside and dining in restaurants. You know what I mean? And then returning to San Francisco, possibly having been exposed. I mean, this is this is a really tough, if not impossible question. I mean, I think one thing I, I saw over the past two weeks and it's completely understandable is people are edgy. You know, people are getting, you know, a little bit stir crazy. 
crazy. And it's really not hard to see why. And I think you have to be empathetic with people who feel that way. But there is no way that I'm aware of barring, you know, state orders or even something, you know, unlikely as it is coming down from the federal government to restrict that kind of movement. That is why the sort of patchwork of laws are sort of inherently problematic. If we don't have rules coming down from the state or the federal government that sort of supersede local rules and, and would overturn an individual county's ability to open back up, you're going to get people who are doing just that. And that that sort of behavior inherently carries risk. If you are going somewhere, you know, getting in contact with other people, you are still risking exposure. And if you bring that back, you are, you know, a vector for the disease and you are not contributing to, you know, the, the slowing of the spread, as it were. You're bringing that back to everybody you might come in contact with, whether that's in your household or people who are, you know, at the grocery store. So, you know, there's really just no way barring, you know, high level mandates coming down and, and very strict ones, stricter than we've seen yet, that are going to compel people to do that. And I think that as, as we look around the Bay Area and we see the success that we've had, people are even more, uh, um, you know, more animated in their calls to return to normalcy. Look, we flattened the curve, haven't we? Why can't we just get back to normal? But unfortunately, it's really just not that simple. So I, 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 I'm not sure what what there can be or what is out there in terms of legal mechanisms to prevent people from from moving around as we get this sort of uneven response to uh, to COVID nineteen and you know starting in May. Can you talk a little bit about the political considerations that go into this? Because I I think it's one thing to shut everything down. That's a yeah, I don't want to say it was an easy decision, but but it seemed like that's not very complicated either. You shut it down or you don't. Opening back up, that's, you know, that's where the rubber hits the road. If if one of these decisions can be traced to a resurgence of hospitalizations and death, that's a huge political risk. So, how what's what are the political issues that a variety of politicians are taking into consideration? Yeah, I think that it 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 unfortunately I think as you really even look around the country it sort of depends on what state in the United States that you're in. I mean, in again looking to the Bay Area, you have at least outwardly a very unified front like we talked about. People are saying we are going to and and even even at the state level to some extent, you see this rhetoric from Go, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom as well saying we're not going to be uh, uh we're not going to let our decisions be made by politics or made by pressure to reopen for for economic purposes alone, we're going to let, you know, public health officials and scientists and the data that we collect, we're going to let that guide our decision making. You know, on the other hand, you have states, including like my home state of Michigan, where you have protests, you know, at the state capitol saying, you know, you're killing our economy. Uh, the, the curve is flat enough. We need to get back to work. You need to reopen. So I think around political considerations, it really comes down to do we risk killing people by reopening too soon and easing these restrictions too quickly, or do we risk, you know, further, you know, a, a further deepening of the economic scars that are already out there right now? So I think the political pressure, at least, you know, in the Bay Area, which it should be noted, is an incredibly economically rich region. Of course, it's not being, you know, left. That 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 doesn't mean that it hasn't been hurt very deeply by the economic, uh, the, the sort of attendant economic problems that have come with the shutdown. But we are able to say, like, look, we are going to make this a health question, not an economic question. And then add, added to all of that, you've got the 
president out there saying like, look, we can't, uh, what is it? We can't let the cure be worse than the virus itself. I mean, there, there are real pressures on governors and on mayors to reopen to get the economy moving again. And I think they are weighing that and the, especially now the increased frustration that people have, you know, against the need to, to listen to their doctors, listen to their public health officials who are telling them we cannot reopen too soon. So it's a really delicate balance going on, not just in San Francisco and in the Bay Area, but really across the country. And, you know, it does seem to be it depends on, in large part whether you're in a red or blue state, unfortunately, which is, you know, I guess par for the course for United States politics in 2020. But, you know, bottom line, this virus is the same for <laughs> the virus doesn't change no matter what state you're in. Right. So it's um, it's a really fine line that people are having to walk, especially as people get more frustrated and desperate out there. Well, even what county you live in within California. Exactly I'm, right. Exactly right. I'm speaking with Dominic Fracasa about the easing of some of the shelter in place orders. I want to get into the nitty gritty of what is OK and what isn't OK, Dom. But first, let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Before we went on break, we were talking about um, some of the general areas that are going to be allowed now uh, that shelter-in-place rules are starting to be ever so slightly eased. I want to go through like some categories and get some more details from you. So let's start with parks. What is What are the parks I can go to? Can my kid go to a playground? What's allowed? According to the new health orders that are going to take effect on Monday, uh, playgrounds are still off limits. So facilities, so to speak, like playgrounds that invite the you know shared use of spaces or you know kids touching the same equipment, that's very much off limits. So you should think about you know as as we look to parks. I mean, we have you know Governor Newsom you know considering changes to uh, uh, to current orders limiting access to state parks. Um, basically, in San Francisco, parks haven't been wholesale shut down. You know, we don't see police officers or park rangers, you know, uh, uh, scouting parks and making sure no one visits them. I mean, in fact, those sort of recreation spaces are really important to people's physical and mental health at a time like this. So they're still accessible, but you should the, the most important thing when we think about parks and the changes to recreation spaces, uh, public ones at least, is just keep away from other people. Nothing about that has changed in the new orders. So and, and getting away from public spaces for a second, as we mentioned briefly before, Golf, for example, is going to be allowed to resume. Again, that's a sport where you're supposed to keep your distance from other people anyway. You know, you're not really supposed to bunch up or be close to people. So provided you can do that, the golf courses will be reopened again. Other sports, not so much. You're not going to see a reopening of things like basketball courts or tennis courts. Those things are going to still be uh, uh, locked down across the region um, as, uh, again, because there's, there, that involves 
involves, you know, the shared the, the touching of the ball, for example, and and more sort of congregation of people than some of these other more more permitted lower risk sort of activities. Um, we did see elsewhere uh, in places like San Mateo County, trails that have been closed are going to be reopened. I think thirteen of twenty three trails in the county in in, uh, in San Mateo County parks are going to be reopened. But they said, you know, again, the theme again is stay away from other people, walk single file if you're on a narrow trail. I mean, that is the thing that people need to keep in mind more than anything else. Just keep your distance from people. Nothing about that has changed. The Forest Service also says it could start reopening some campgrounds, um, which I think would be really interesting to see which ones they do. Um, Presumably, you can't go camping with friends or get very close to them. But maybe if you're a family, you might be able to go camping in some areas, too. What about beaches? I'm getting a lot of questions about beaches. I don't think anyone really appreciated, maybe outside of some bureaucrats and journalists, how different the beach ownership or oversight is in California. Where can I go? Yeah. So when it comes to beaches, you are going to have to check the individual facility or the individual beach that you are trying to visit. Now, there have been a lot of rules discouraging people, not just at beaches, but at other parks, too, from driving up to them because that just, you know, it sort of encourages more people to to visit them. And that's really, again, what is the most important thing to avoid. So a lot of parking lots have been closed. So if you live nearby, you can go and visit a beach and then walk or bike out from there. Um, so you're really going to have to check at the individual level in your county or your city what is going to be uh, uh, permitted. And again, that speaks to the sort of patchwork of rules that we're, that we're working with here and, and how difficult and confusing it's going to be to understand you know, what's open and what's not um, city to city. So just, uh, just check with your local officials and, uh, and see what's open before you go. Uh, businesses. Uh, you mentioned um, uh, a couple of different types. If I have a restaurant and I have a patio space and people don't come inside, can I reopen? No, uh, that was something that they made very clear yesterday. So restaurants with outdoor spaces are still not going to be able to to reopen. Um, that uh, I think came as a, a big disappointment both to you know restaurant operators and diners alike, um, especially as we you know enjoy some nicer weather. Um, but that is not changed. You know, it's just too difficult to maintain distance and to keep things sanitary in a restaurant environment like that during a pandemic. So nothing about restaurants were changed yesterday. Who uh, are going to be rejoicing are people who are going to be looking to uh, planting uh, you know their spring flowers and vegetables um, because nurseries and and businesses like that can reopen. So again, if you're able to conduct your business outside, that is generally going to be open. So there was kind of a categorical categorical lifting of those restrictions yesterday. They were they gave some examples like, you know, nurseries and flea markets and car washes, but it's it's sort of like a theme that you have to think about rather than a specific list of businesses. Um, it, this all again speaks to I think the general theme of yesterday's health orders which were, look, we have done a good job of flattening the curve. We know that low low-risk activities with social distancing in place are going to be okay. And so that is, uh, I think, what animated uh, a lot of the decisions yesterday and the, the specifics that we saw in those orders. Uh, the, the businesses, that some of them that were specifically mentioned, I know, are uh, construction and real estate. There was a, a limit for if you were selling your house, you couldn't show it to people um, if, if anyone was living in the house. That, that, I've been told, has been lifted and construction can resume. 
Exactly right. And you actually saw Mayor London Breed of San Francisco uh, kind of return to a very familiar stump speech yesterday when she uh, uh, kind of addressed the public yesterday afternoon, you know, saying like, look, we are so glad to be able to build housing again. That's been a, a main feature of her, uh, you know, of her entire tenure, both as a supervisor and as mayor. So that was uh, uh, sort of interesting to see her get back to the familiar stump speech about housing yesterday. But yeah, that's a major, that was probably the biggest change. Construction had been halted, uh, really at a time when we didn't know everything about how the virus was spreading. And we, th- we said we need to keep people outside away from each other as much as possible. Now we know a little bit more. And that, I think, is what really sort of underpins the decision to say, look, so long as uh, uh, folks on the job site and construction sites can, you know, wash their hands constantly, wear masks when necessary, keep away from each other as much as possible. We're going to allow that to resume. Uh, and yeah, actually, real estate transactions were one of the um, specific categories that will, will be allowed to reopen. Um, I'm not sure that we're going to see anything like uh, sort of, you know, um, gatherings at open houses and things like that. I think we're still going to see a lot more of like virtual tours, uh, people, you know, uh, with their real estate agents sort of taking tours over FaceTime or Zoom or Skype or whatever. Um, but But yes, those transactions are going to be allowed to resume again. And if you think about the housing crisis that we have in the Bay Area, that could end up being really important. Uh, There's also many thousands of jobs, of course, tied to the construction industry, and they think they can manage safely. And uh, and so I think that's a big reason why they were going to be allowed to, to allowed to resume at least somewhat normal operations. What about education and summer camps? Um, You know, a lot of us. I've been homeschooling our kids. A summer camp sounds like a really great respite right now. Yeah, I think that's another thing where we're going to have to wait and see. There weren't um, items in uh, yesterday's changes, uh, the health order changes that spoke specifically to things like summer camps. I think there is going to be a lot of reticence to allow, you know, large or even medium sized gatherings of kids basically in any settings, even ones in the great outdoors where they can keep a certain distance from one another. Um, So I think that's something we're going to have to wait and see as we enter the summer months, um, despite the fact that it has been a real strain on parents parents to keep their kids occupied and, you know, and, and, you know, learning and trying to make what they can out of uh, uh, schoolwork at home. So uh, unfortunately, that's going to be something we wait and see. Now, of course, these health orders can be changed at any time, too. If things really sort of develop, if we see, you know, major changes that give um, public health officials the confidence to say that certain things can be relaxed, we could see that at any time. But yesterday, I'm afraid, doesn't provide much in the way of, um, uh, 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 you know, help for, uh, for parents looking for to send their kids to to camp this summer. How is all of this going to be monitored? I mean, how do we know if this was a good idea or not a good idea? Yeah, that's actually, I think, one of the more interesting parts of um, information that we got yesterday from public health officials. And it sort of got buried under the news. And it's understandable. People want to know how their behavior can be changed and and what sort of the um, the top line um, businesses and, and industries that are going to be able to reopen, but sort of also kind of buried in yesterday's news. The uh, six counties in Berkeley in the Bay Area also also put out a set of five separate indicators, which are basically going to be measuring sticks against which we we sort of um, take stock of our progress. These are going to be the yardsticks of progress going forward. This is the most uh, detailed 
data that I've seen or, or, or detailed sort of um, criteria that, that we've seen yet that will help us measure our progress. So just to go through those uh, really quickly, a, a lot of these two, the, the theme, the sort of organizing theme for these, uh, these indicators, as they call them, really seems to be the prevention of outbreaks because we have managed to flatten the curve in the Bay Area. So what are they focused on now? preventing surges of new patients overwhelming hospitals that is still that is still the risk so so here very quickly um, and we have all of this um, up online at sfchronicle.com um, you can read it in full but for instance you know how how will we know if we've made success well how about flat or decreasing number of cases and hospitalizations sustained for two full weeks how about no more than 50% of beds having COVID-19 patients in them? Um, the counties, uh, the, the sort of um, Bay Area regional public health officials also want to see a substantial increase of testing, not just in any one city, but across the board. Um, also, substantially more um, successful contact tracing. So these investigations where you sort of track down who a, uh, a COVID-19 patient came in contact with, we're talking about saying like 90% of the time we're able to find all of a person's contacts and get them quarantined 90% of the time. So a substantial increase in that task, which has really ramped up in recent weeks, um, and sufficient and substantially increased amount of personal protective equipment or, or PPE. They want to see a 30-day supply for all hospitals, and they want all hospitals in the region to have a independent ready access of more PPE should they need it. So taken together, all of these indicators, it's not going to be a, a, a sort of um, – uh, turnkey situation where if we meet all of these immediately, we can go back to normal. But it is going to be how we measure progress as um, as we think about how and when we're going to reopen. And that is the final question I have. What What is the next step for what can be reopened, do you think? I think that as we, I, I pers- talking to public health officials and just trying to gauge what they think are going to be these next steps, I think that we will see the, the uh, uh, I think we're at least going to be sheltering in place until May. I think we will see that through. Um, and I think throughout that, we will get closer on those indicators. We will continue to make positive strides around more people being tested, uh, fewer people being hospitalized, more um uh, evidence of of contact tracing being successful where we can reach all of these people and make sure that they're not spreading the disease and that they're not testing uh, testing positive for COVID-19. I think we are going to see a lot of fits and starts. In conversations that I've had in, in recent weeks with you know uh, uh, government leaders and, and health professionals, what they're sort of predicting, I think, in the aggregate is a situation where we reopen, we have hot spots, and then we close things down. It, it's really going to be, I think, a difficult thing to navigate for a lot of people, but there will be these instances where we reopen you know, there is an outbreak somewhere and then, you know, a particular sector or a, a, uh, a particular sort of geography needs to close down in order to respond to that. Um, I think that is really what they're figuring out at this very moment. We have been successful, as, as I've said a few times now, we've been successful in flattening the curve. People want to get back to normal. But the goal is to do that without, you know, inviting this uh, a resurgence of it. COVID, you know, coronavirus, the novel coronavirus is just as potent as it was. Um, there is uh, no one with immunity to it yet. And so I think that there will be a lot of, you know, for lack of a better term, a lot of whack-a-mole once we do start to slowly reopen um, un- until that is, you know, we get a vaccine and then until that vaccine is widely available. 
Dom, thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure. Thanks, Audrey. Thank you to Dominic Fercasa for being on the show today. Thank you to King Kaufman for producing it. And as always, thank you for listening. Fifth Emission is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. If you like this podcast, please consider becoming a financial supporter of the largest newsroom in Northern California. You can sign up for a San Francisco Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod.